Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. get a little bit anointed then you'll just have to kind of just bear with me but amen Acts 17 and verse number 28 for in him we live and move and have our being (laughs) as certain also of your own poets have said for we also for we are also his offspring heavenly father I thank you for the word Asking you, Lord, to bring our minds together tonight, Lord Jesus. Bring the presence of God in this place. Hallelujah. Pour out of your spirit, your anointing tonight in the name of Jesus. I ask it right now, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. If I could have a phrase tonight that we would lean on, I would, uh, and and it's something that we sing all the time. (coughs) Uh, I would like to remember this phrase and keep this in the center. Jesus at the center of it all. Jesus at the center of it all because tonight my subject will be for the next little while in him we live last week it was it's in him this week in him we live amen and also I am I've got some key verses that I want to read in this scripture in this text or in this Uh, chapter that I want to zero in on and just kind of take a look at as we go through tonight as God began to move upon me and and felt uh, to do so in Acts 17 verse 23 amen through 25 for and Paul speaks here for as I passed by and beheld your devotions I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. Whom therefore ye ignorantly worship, him declare I unto you. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is the Lord of heaven and earth, and dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worshipped with men's hands, as though he, everybody said, needed anything. Seeing he giveth to all life, every, all, and breath, and all things. So Paul takes a look at them and says, I see your inscription that you've got to be on unknown God, but I want to make you uh, acquainted with this unknown God because you're ignorantly worshiping somebody that has made you. Come on. 
He gives you breath and everything you need. Everything that you need comes from Him. So you must understand that all of these other things that you're worshiping out of here, you're worshiping amidst. Glory. I don't want to get ahead of myself. The men of Athens had many gods of wood and stone. And just in case they had missed one, this ridiculous inscription to the unknown God. Aren't you glad you know the unknown God? In fact, it's been said that in Athens, it was easier to find a God than a man. Because there was God on every street corner. Amen. I want to talk about tonight, I, I didn't do this in the first part because I felt to leave it here, but I know that I didn't background anything. But I want you to know that there was two groups in Athens. Two major groups. And, and, and as, I began, as God began to deal with me, I began to look pastor and I began to see a likeness of our day in these two groups. And one of them stood out more than the other. And I want to talk about them a little bit as we go on. There was first the Epicureans. And the Epicureans were atheists. I'm, I'm just, might as well just tell it like it is. The Epicureans were atheists. They made the world conform to self. Self-gratification become their maxim. Amen. They believed that happiness was the greatest purpose and pursuit of life. Come on. Does that sound anything like the world today? The Epicureans said this. They said, let's enjoy life. And the Epicureans avoided pain. They went with the flow. Does that sound familiar? We're living in a world today that everybody wants to go with the flow. Let's don't put up a fuss. Let's don't know nothing. We'll just go with them. Amen. If we get in the crowd of them, let's just go with them. But my Bible said to come out from among them and be a separate, saith the Lord and I'll receive you. In other words, I'm going to receive you when you come out from among them and when you separate yourself from them. Oh, hallelujah. I'm about to feel that in here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Does this not sound like the generation that we're living in? The Stoics, on the other hand, believed the universe was God. They made self conform to nature. They worshiped the stars. They worshiped the heavens. They worshiped the earth. The universe was their thing. The Stoics welcomed pain. Listen to this. They thought the secret of life was living in conformity to nature. Bitter or sweet. Didn't matter. Just live with it. That's what it's going to be. Just live with it. Heard that a few times, haven't you? The Stoics said, let's just endure life. We'll get through it. The Epicureans, on the other hand, said, let's have some pleasure. Let's have fun. We're just, we're, we're good. Hey, we're going to live life to its fullest. I'm going to, I hope I don't 
hurt anybody's feelings. If I do, you'll just have to repent because I feel like saying it. Sister McGee and I was driving home yesterday from the doctor's appointment in Evansville and we come down, cut down through the country and uh, to go see Sister Jeanette Conklin. And as we was driving through, we saw just, I mean, great big beautiful mansions. I mean, three of them right within in a half a mile of each other. Great big mansions. And I looked and I said, dear, we're living in a world that thinks they're going to live the rest of their life. They're never going to die. I said, dear, there's probably homes there that's $350,000. They'll never get them paid for. Yet we keep on building and we keep on building on and we buy more property. I said, listen, dear, I wouldn't even want to if I had the equipment to, to mow those stinking lawns. They can have that. I've had all that I want. I'm going to tell you, church, the more you get, the more you're going to have to take care of. Solomon found out at the end of life that all the stuff that he had was all vanity because it didn't amount to nothing because you can take none of those things with you. It's all going to fade away and all that you do for God is all in the world that's going to count for anything. How, my Lord, I'm feeling it in here. Hallelujah, Jesus, hallelujah. In my observation of our world today, I believe that our world is leaning toward the Epicurean lifestyle, if you please. A self-centered life. You know, we're, we're living in a world till, you know, it's, it's no longer you scratch my back and I'll scratch yours. Each is for his own. I'm out for myself, honey. If you can't make it, pff, too bad. You know, hey. I'm going to get to the top some way. I don't care how many people I got to knock out of the way or do whatever I got to do, but I'm going to get to the top. I'm going to make the money. I don't care. I'm going to tell you what. No matter that money is the root of all evil, the love of money, not money itself, but the love of it. But we're living in a world that is so in love with money that they live it, breathe it, And I'm going to tell you, all I need is enough to get by. And the truth is, is even if I haven't got enough to get by, God's going to get me by. Because we've got to understand something, that it's in Him that we live. Let, let me tell you, the provisions don't belong to your boss. The provisions of God, and whether they realize it or not, the provisions they got, God can take them away. At any moment of time, come on. He can take the riches and they won't be rich anymore. All that they've given and dispersed to you is only by the hand of God. Let me tell you, we're not in control. God is. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. He's in control. Somebody said he's in control. See, I believe that the Epicurean lifestyle says pleasure is the real cause of life. You tell me we're not living there. Man, I'm telling you, all you got to do is even turn on the news and you start hearing the... Have you ever noticed that sports is more than the news? 
takes longer to give the sports than it does the news. They take little, little moments in between and they can give the news and give the weather in between that, but we've got to have a time for sports. We'll have the interviews and we'll have all that, and if I'm stretching on anybody's toes, then you'll just have to forgive me because I'm going to tell you, sports is not the main thing. God is the main thing. Church is the main thing. And if you, come on now, I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not telling you sports is a sin. It's all right, but we need, to, we need to take things and get it in the proper order. You know what? Church is first. God is first. Come. Oh, yeah. Well, let me, let me, let me, let me back up. Let me, let me back up a little bit. Actually, family is first because I'm going to tell you the family was put together before there was ever a tabernacle. Mm. Come on. We've got to get our priorities right. Don't talk. Come on. We get, I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, just, I'm feeling a little bit here I, uneasy, but I'm going to tell you, we need to get our priorities in order. Bible said to put him first in the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these other things will be added to you. In other words, there's a promise. If we'll take care of God, he'll take care of us. And he'll take care of our families. Yes, he will. Hallelujah. We've got to find a balance between our family the church, and if you like sports, and find a balance in there somewhere between all of that. And, and for my part, you know, it's, I'd rather get out and take a little motorcycle ride. That's my stress reliever. I don't know, maybe yours is watching sports or doing whatever, you know. That's all right. But there must be a balance. But you know what is last in those three of mine? It's motorcycle riding. I'm not going to miss church to take a motorcycle ride. I'd be afraid he put something in my way and I might not come back home whole. So if it comes church time, then I'm going to be at church. Now, I'm going to tell you, church, now, understand, I'm, Bishop's not talking about that everybody don't need some time off. I'm not saying they're not a vacation time and you're not going to show up at church. I'm not saying that. Don't, don't, don't misunderstand me. Families need time. In fact, families need time today because families don't have time. To get your family together, it takes a special thing like a, a great-granddaughter birthday party for everybody to show up. and That's the only way you can see everybody. It, it takes something special. You know why? Because it's so busy. And I'm not saying nothing about that because I'm in the... I, I'm sorry. I don't see how I ever had time to preach and do all the other stuff. I ain't got time to do what I need to do at home and I can't catch up. I've been retired all this time still. I haven't caught up. I can't get caught up. You know why? Because it's so busy, busy, busy. I don't sit around twiddling my thumbs. I'm busy all summer. 
And I still can't find enough time to get done what I think I need to get done. But you know what? It's not important because if God comes, it don't matter. So if I have to put it off, I, I told Sister Miguel, yeah, well, God will take care of it, I guess, next year. And I keep saying next year. And we've been saying that now for several years. And it hasn't got done yet. And some of it may not get done this year, probably won't. I know, I probably ought to stay home church camp do it, but I say, oh, no, 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 I'm going. We're going, Sister McGee. I know, I, I, I got so much to do. I got so much to do, that mobile home. I really need to, you know, jack it up and put a new one under, but I'm not willing to do that. I cost money, and I don't want to go in debt. I, I'm surprised the people today that goes in debt 70 years old, I'm sorry, I, it's, I'm not in the house buying business. I'm not going to go out and spend 50000 that I haven't got and live on nothing. I'm sorry, I'm not willing to do that. Come on, church. What I'm trying to tell you, it's in him that we live. It's in him that we live. <laughs> Glory. A self-centered lifestyle. Pleasure being the real cause of life. Listen to this. No soul. No hereafter. This is Epicureans. You're a God. Do what seems right in your own eyes. There's no drawing a line between wrong and right. There's no gray area. It's just do whatever. Just live. Just live and have a good time. I see many of them living and having a good, good time and they take a gun to their head and take their life. And they call that, that's, that's having a good time. You know, I'm enjoying life and I shoot myself. What's going on, church? Come on, this thing has worked its way into the church till there's no longer happiness in the church. Come on. We're so under a load by the enemy that the enemy has put dead on us so much that we can't get out from under the load and there's no happiness in our life. That is not God's will. My Bible said it's his will for us to prosper and be healthy. Yet we're living and we're, we're living and supposed and when people are living longer, but I'm finding that there is so much going on the doctors can't keep up. They don't know what to do anymore. You know why? They might as well turn this stuff over to God. Let me tell you, I live in Him. Well, well, let's move on here. Let me get off my little soapbox here and we'll go on. Let's just do what's right in our own eyes. That's what the world's doing. But this very God that the men of Athens did not have a name for formed them and caused them to live and caused them to breathe. It was the Lord that is the sustaining element Come on, let me tell you, he is the sustaining element. Without him, our life would decay and be extinguished as a flame without fuel. We live in him. Glory. Job 34, verse 14 and 15. 
And if he set his heart upon man, if he gather unto himself his spirit and his breath, listen to this, all flesh shall perish together and man shall turn again unto dust. Come on. If God removes or gathers his spirit and his breath from you, because it's his breath and it's his spirit, He's the one that breathed it into man and we became a living soul, honey. There, I'm sorry, it wasn't a big bang theory. It was a God thing. In the beginning, God. It wasn't man. Come on. There was nothing here to make a boom before he created it. Woo! Ho, ho! Let me tell you, he walked here before man ever set his foot here. Whoa, Jesus. It wasn't here until he made it. Otherwise, it wouldn't be an operation. <laughs> Glory. Hallelujah. Acts 17, verse number 29. We'd think about that. If God had just removed his breath and everything, we'd return to dust again. Remember how quick the fig tree died when he cursed it? They come back the next morning, that fig tree was dead. Come on, y'all. We can be all right here tonight in very good health. And one of us could pass tomorrow and they could not find nothing wrong with us. Because God could just remove the breath. I would like to bring back the past. But the truth is, Brother Don, they couldn't find wrong, anything wrong with Sister Rosie. Really, her heart and everything was fine. You know what? She couldn't get her breath. She run out of breath. Come on, church. I'm going to tell you, God's got control of things, and, and, the, and, and we're living in a world that thinks they're controlling it. Well, we'll fix this, people. We'll, we'll make it. You know, I get so tired of hearing all this stuff on news, you know. Now they're, they're trying to tell what kind of stuff they can sell to make people eat healthy. You can't make me eat healthy. You're a bunch of idiots if you think you can. Come on, you're going to eat like you want and I'm going to eat like I want. Nobody's going to keep you from it. If you want an ice cream comb, you're going to get it. If you want a bag of chips, you'll go to the end of the earth to find them and get them. And we got the bomb up there in the White House that thinks his wife can tell everybody how they can, how they can eat. Who made her God? Or him. You know what? God's going to show him too. I'm going to tell you, all this junk that they're trying to do, God's going to visit it back on their own head. Woo! I think a lot of people like to baptize him. Glory and her. Lord save the kids. Hallelujah. This very God that they didn't have a name for breathed breath in them, sustained their life when he could extinguish them, just took away their fire. Come on. Acts 17, 29, For as much then as we are the offsprings of God, 
We ought not to think that the Godhead is likened to gold or silver or stone or graven by art and man's device. So now since that verse showed up, then I want to bring to you something. See, in him we live, all right? Proof of that. Since God created us, he cannot possibly be wood or stone created by man's hands. Come on. Stone or wood can do nothing to change man or do nothing for man since he has no life in him and is a man-made image. Man can't make, come on church, man can't make man, but God made man. So it's in him that we live. Woo! Oh, Jesus. My Lord, I'm feeling Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Matthew 5, 45. I'm trying to hurry along. I'm trying to get through. I'm, not, I'm, I'm allowed to not make it, though. Matthew 5, 45. That ye may be the children of your Father, which is in heaven. Come on, this guy, he's in heaven. He's overlooking everything. He's above all. For he maketh, now like I like this, now listen. He maketh, everybody said, his son to rise on the evil and on the good. And sendeth rain. So now the same his that sunned is the same his that sendeth his rain. Understand that. And sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. So if the rain is his and the sunshine's his, then I'm telling you the universe and everything in it is his and man did not make it, had no part in it. It is God that made it. So it's in him that I live. Woo! He's the cause of my life. You can blame it on him. Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. He maketh his sun to rise on evil and good. Wood or stone can't do that. No idol can do that. Brother Freddie, I began to think, and it, it kind of brought a chuckle to me, but I began to think about it, and I was sitting over here uh, last night and, and studying, and, and I thought, what a sad thing. Man worships and prays to idols who can't neither speak or hear. And they worship that thing. They worship all you want to. He don't hear you and he's not going to say nothing back and he can't do nothing for you. That piece of stone that man made cannot do one thing for you. It has no, it's got ears but can't hear. It's got a mouth but can't speak. No life in it. Hey, I'm better than one of them. You can talk to me and I can talk back to you. They can make their little old gold gods all they want to, and I'm better than that piece of gold because I can speak in here. Woo! My goodness. I'm glad I don't worship idols. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Revelation 118. It's Jesus speaking. I like this. I am he that liveth and was dead. That's past tense. 
Behold, I am alive forevermore. That means from an eon to time. He's never going to die again, honey. He's alive and he's going to stay alive. Amen. He says, so be it. I mean, he puts an amen at the end of sentence. Come on, I like that. And I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. I'm glad he's alive because he's alive. I'm alive. <laughs> Woo. And have the keys of hell and death. There ain't no statue can say that. They can't take no keys from anybody. They got arms but can't move them. Ha <laughs> ha. They got feet but they can't go anywhere. You got to wheel them around on a cart. Oh, Dagon, he fell on his face twice. Last time God said, I'll just take care of him. He broke his hands and arms, necks, everything. He just broke him apart. He separated things, a hand and a feet. He, come on. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, God can take care of the statues in your life. In fact, I'm going to tell you, he can, see, I'm, what I'm wanting to say is he can take care of the idols in your life. Come on, that idol thing has worked its way in the church or certain things we got if we're not careful. We worship. I'm not saying we bow down and pray to, but we worship it. I know. Yeah, I wrench that Lincoln off every day. Shammy it off. And, and, and I know my wife said, that's your God. No, it's not. I'm taking care of what God gives me. Because if I don't, I'm going to tell you where we live. If I don't wash off the bird junk, Brother Freddie be painting it. I can't afford that, so. So I believe I'll take care of it. Besides, that's getting old. It's 92. I don't have a new car. I'm satisfied getting that old 92 Lincoln. Everybody thinks it's new. You know, I've had so many people say, man, preacher, look what that preacher's driving. He's got a Lincoln. I said, yeah, it costs a lot less than that thing you're driving. So how about let's trade just right now? Nobody wants to trade. You know why? Because I could go clean that and up and make some money on it. Because they don't take care of it. You ever notice that? We're living in a generation don't want to take care of cars, don't want to take care of homes, don't want to take care of nothing. It's, it's sad. You look in the car and it's got the lived-in look. I don't like to wade through it myself. Hey, it's in him that I live. I want to breathe cool air, fresh air. Come on, church. But this is the kind of place. I've told my wife, I said, I don't understand people buy a brand new car, then trash it out. I don't understand that. I don't understand giving, nowadays it's $20,000 for a vehicle. I mean, if you want to go buy a new one, you're going to pay big bucks for that thing and then go trash it out. Before they get through with it in five years, it ain't worth $5,000. Come on, it's in him that I live. 
Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, have the keys of death and hell. All right, John 1, 4. I'm hurrying, y'all. I still got 20 minutes. John 1, 4. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. You understand that? Let me say it again. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. Without God, you don't even have no light. Come on. I know they think that, you know, they think the power plants keep the light on. But I'm telling you, Jesus is the light of the world. Without him, it's darkness, honey. But with him, there is no darkness. He don't know darkness from light. Because when he shows up in darkness, it's light. When he shows up in your dark trial, there's light shining. And say, there you are, Lord. Come on. You're there. You was there all the time. That's right. Because we live in him. You never go through a trial alone. He's always with you. Oh, Jesus. John 6, 35. A lot of scripture. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. And he that believeth on me shall never thirst. So he's my bread when I'm hungry and my water when I'm thirsty. Oh, Bishop, that's talking spiritually. No, it's talking both. He is the provider. Come on. I'll supply all of your needs according to my riches and glory. In other words, you're going to run out of, come on, your needs when heaven runs out of riches, and that's going to be never. In an inexhaustible supply. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You shall never thirst. You shall never want for bread. I don't know about you, but I'm liking promises. Psalms 36, verse number 9. I love this. I may get in early. I may do, I'm doing all right. Psalms 36 and 9. For with thee is the fountain. Everybody said fountain. Everybody said fountain. If you turn a fountain on, it'll keep running until you turn the spigot off. Glory. For with thee is the fountain of life, and thy light shall we, in thy light shall we see light. In thy light shall we see light. So he's the fountain, and he's the light. Glory. Everybody said, ever flowing. Come on. My mama always used to say, get under the spout where the glory pours out. And if y'all remember, I, I draw a little picture of that one time, preached about it. Getting under the spout where the glory pours out. Hallelujah. And I'm going to tell you, mama always turned it on full blast. Come on, she, she didn't want a drip or two. She wanted that thing flowing. You know what? That's what God wants. You know what he wants? He wants it to flow like it did in here Sunday night. 
Man, you talk about a flow of the Spirit in this place. My Lord, nobody wanted to go home. I like, that's good. That hanging around Spirit's a good thing. It's a good thing nobody wants to go home. Hey, I'm, I feel old. Hey, why would you stay all night? I, hey, I, we've had times we just about did. Come on. And there's nothing wrong with that. When the Spirit of God is moving, we need to entertain it. I don't know. Come on now. I guarantee you that there's some of you that got something there Sunday night that's carrying you through till tonight, and you needed it. There was an overflowing, and I saw people get under that flow that hadn't been there for a while, and I don't know it's it might, I don't know where it's cold water or warm water, but I'm going to tell you it was moving water because I've seen some of them doing some things. Glory. If you missed Sunday night, you missed it. I'm going to rub it in all I can. Glory. Hallelujah. He's a fountain of life. I like this. Adam Clark had some things to say in his commentary that just stirred me up. He, he began to, to dwell on the fountain of life. And I like this. He said, this in scripture phrase may signify a spring of water. For such was called among the Jews living water. <laughs> Woo, I don't know about you, but I'm connected to living water. And he says to distinguish it from ponds, tanks, and reservoirs that were supplied by water either received from clouds or conduited unto them by pipes and streams from quarters. But there seems to be a higher illusion, he says, in the sacred text. For with thee is the vein of lives. Come on, it's in him that I live. It does not this allude to the great, and he, I like this. He said it alludes to the great aorta. Ooh, glory. Which receiving the blood from the heart distributes it by the arteries to every part of the human body. Whence it is conduited back to the heart by the means of veins. As the heart by means of the great aorta distributes the blood to the re remotest part of the body. So Jesus conveys the life-giving streams of his provincial goodness to all the worlds and beings he has created and the influences of his grace and mercy to every soul that has sinned. All spiritual and temporal good comes from him. The Father, through him. Oh, glory. The God, come on. Woo, his son, Jesus Christ, to every part of creation. Woo, all of this flows, not from a big bang theory. Come on. I did not evolve from something. I was created by God. Come on. And his blood 
flows through my veins those that he made. He made this body. He made the heart. He put it in all in order. And the doctors after all these years have not figured it all out yet. And they never will. Because God is in control. And we live in him. By other, no other means can we live other than God. Woo! Shoo! Mercy! Woo! Mercy! I'm feeling it. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Mercy! Deuteronomy 30 and verse number 20. I may get on. Hallelujah. That thou mayest love the Lord thy God. Now we're getting into pastors Sunday morning. That thou mayest obey his voice. And that thou mayest cleave. Everybody said cleave. Come on. When you get married... Wives, you cleave to your husband. Husbands, you cleave to your wife. There's not too much cleaving going on anymore. It's, there's a lot of separation going on. And some things are cleaving together that shouldn't be cleaving together because it wasn't made by nature to be that way. Well, we better move on. That thou mayest cleave unto him, for he is thy life. Come on, he, everybody said he's my life. Woo-hoo. Now listen to this, and the length of days. In other words, it's up to him how long I live. Well, bless God, I'm going to take care of myself, and I'm going to live be 120. You better say of God's will. Because ha- I'm sorry, you can have the best of health and die. You got diabetes, you don't die. I told my wife, got to die of something. To die is gain, the Bible says. Man, it's a better place than this. Come on, church. There's too many people got too many attachments to this earth when everything we live and move in is God. You know what? If we didn't have so much to attach us to this earth, it wouldn't be so bad to leave. There are so many people that's got so many attachments that they don't want to leave their attachments. But they found out that you never find an armored car in a funeral possession. Sister Jeanette said it just, just yesterday, Sister McGee. We sitting there talking. And, and she says something that I use all the time. I've used all of my life in my ministry and teach and everything else. And I've always said it. I've said, I am not worried about anything else because the only thing that I can take with me is people. I've always said that. And I'm going to tell you, church, if that's my desire, if anything else, 
If I never have any more, Sister McGee, than I've got right now down there in that mobile home, which is not much, and I don't care. It's all I need more than I need. In fact, I look at Sister McGee and say, you know, sometimes I want to just move out of this place and get me a little place to rent, get rid of all this junk and not have to mow the lawn and not have to... I'm so tired of working on things and doing repairs and junk. Done it all my life. Got married young, real young. Had her first home when I was 17 years old. Bought her first trailer and land. And ever since then, I've been working on junk. Why should I want to stay here when God's got me a brand new mansion and I don't even have to worry about it? And if you wonder what I'm doing right now and why I'm not buying me a new home, because I'm sending up material for my mansion. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh. oh, let's get on. For he is thy life and the length of thy days, that thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord swore unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to give them. But let me tell you, we're grafted into that, and now we have got that. Thou must cleave unto him. I need to hold on to God because it's in him that I live. Yeah, you know, the truth is we need to let loose of everything else and hold on to him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And he's your life. And he's your length of days. So now, I, I must remind you that if he is your length of days, then the closest relationship you have with him can affect your length of days. So you better be in him because the more you're in him, the more out of this world you are. Ask Enoch. <laughs> he walked with God so long and so many days in a row. They, they went on such a long walk that the Lord said, Enoch, you know what? You're closer to my home. You are yours. Why don't you just go home with me? So Enoch went home with the Lord. And he was not, was not. They couldn't find him. He gone. <laughs> he gone. You like it, don't you? Alex likes that. He gone. Glory. Okay. I'm getting down here and I'm about done, y'all. If you'll give me five more minutes, I think I can get up this. See, Bible Illustrator done something too, and I like what it had to say. And so let me, in Deuteronomy uh, 30, 20, 30 and 20, it, he had something to say here, and I, I liked it. He said, God maintains life. He maintains life. Ooh. He may, you hear me? I said, he maintains life. <laughs> you all aren't understanding me. Let, let me. let me put it in really simple terms. What I'm saying is, is every morning you get up and you sit down in your chair and God gets out of his little stethoscope and he said, here, let me check you over today. I know what kind of day you're going to have, so let me give you a little tune-up. I've got some things I'm going to do here. I'm gonna, let, me, let me bring the blood pressure down. Okay, I'm going to bring the heartbeat down so it won't beat so fast today. I'm going to let you see a little better today and hear a little better. Okay, and I'm going to give you your mind today. You're going to be able to remember. 
Boy, <laughs> we have, Sister McGee and I have trouble with that. I can walk in the other room and I've done forgot what I was going in there after. Say, what did I go? Y'all don't do that. Come on, young people. None of you do that. <laughs> hey, I'm feeling pretty good. I've seen some in the 20s back here. I'm feeling great now. I feel good. Bless God. We're not crazy, Sister McGee. Not losing our mind either. Just losing some of our faculties. Glory. God maintains life. He gives you a tune-up every day. If he didn't, you couldn't make it through the day. Glory. Life in man is like a lamp kindled, which wastes and consumes and will soon be extinguished. Without fresh supplies of oil. And this supply is from God. It's in Him that I live. Who doth not only light the lamp at first, come on, but keeps it burning. He tunes it up, He maintains it, He pours oil in. That's why we need to be at church every time the doors open because what he is doing is giving you a fresh dip of oil. If you never serviced your car and never looked under the hood, after a while that thing's going to be junk. I'm going to tell you what. If you, now understand what I'm saying. God maintains your body, your life. But it's up to you to get the appointment. You can say, well, I'm, I'm going to service my car. But if you never get the appointment, after a while, that thing's going to linge. It's going to lock up. You're going to burn it up. Well, I'm going to tell you. You can say, well, I'm going to, I'm going to come to church. Well, I'm going to tell you, after a while, if you're not careful, so many times of missing church, you missing your oil change and your loop job, after a while, you're going to die, honey. You're going, yes, sir. If you, don't, if you don't grease them ball joints, after a while, they're going to freeze up. Come on. Come on. If you, if you don't grease them parts that's movable and keep them lubricated and maintained, after a while, those things are junk and you've got to throw them away. Let me tell you, church, you've got to exercise some things in the house of God. Come on. It's all right to grease them, but you need to move them around. Come on. We all, hallelujah, come glory. Ha. You better raise your hands a little bit because, you know, if you quit raising them after a while, they won't raise. Thank you, Destiny. She back there doing it. Hallelujah. <laughs> Mercy. I'm by, anybody feeling good in here? I am. I've got to hurry up. I'm about to run out of time here. He keeps it burning. How liberal is God to the benefit and the comfort of man? Huh? Other creatures die that we may live. 
I said other creatures die that we may live. What would you have on your table today? Who you think provided that? We live in Him. Bless God. I planted it in my garden. Let me tell you, the seed come from Him. Let me, he is the reproduction center. It's in Him. It's not in man. Man cross, you know, they cross-pollinate all these seeds and all this stuff, and they try to tell you, well, this is, this is hybrid, I made this. You didn't make that. God made it if, if, if there was nothing to be crossed if God didn't make it first. It's not a hybrid, honey. He already made it. <laughs> He's ahead of you. Glory. Hallelujah. Other creatures die that we may live. Now, I'm, I'm closing. One verse I want you to remember. And, and I'm not going to read it, but you'll know exactly. I, I, I'm just giving you a reference. In Isaiah 38 and 5, and it's not up there. God added to Hezekiah's days 15 years because, now listen, he heard his prayer and he saw his tears. There is two things that God wants of us because we live in Him. He wants to hear our prayers and see our tears. And I don't know about you, but if a life filled full of prayer and tears can change the mind of God, then that's what I want. And Hezekiah proved that it did because Isaiah, the, the Lord had sent Isaiah to Hezekiah. And he said, you go tell Hezekiah that he's going to die and not live. Get his house in order. And, and Isaiah's done started for the court. And the king turns his face to the wall and begins to pray and cry. And when Isaiah got out in the court, the Lord said, I want you to turn around and go back to Hezekiah. Come on now. Y'all think God don't hear and he don't, uh, he don't see your tears. And he, Hey, with just in a matter of minutes and moments of time, he said, told that man, he said, you go back and tell Hezekiah that I heard his prayer and I seen his tears and I'm going to add to his day 15 years. You tell me we don't live in him. There is no living without God. It's in Him. Glory. I seen the Holy Ghost hit pastor back there. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.